Hi, this is Morgan Michael welcoming you to Kindsight 101, the podcast, where you'll hear from world-renowned educational leaders about the mobilizing power of kindness. I believe that we all have an innate need to be seen, heard, and understood. When we dedicate ourselves to kindness, the ripple effects in our schools can be life-changing. Through this podcast, I want to challenge you to question your assumptions, amplify your insight, and embrace a willingness to go beyond the status quo in education. Together, let's learn how to make a big impact, one small act at a time. Have you ever pondered how to inspire your creative and entrepreneurial-minded students to take action and achieve their potential? My very special guest, an uber-successful entrepreneur, has a message he wants all teachers to hear about what it takes to support our students in reaching for the stars. Sit up and listen to this one. Today's guest, Evan Carmichael, is working to solve the world's biggest problem, untapped human potential. Evan Carmichael believes in entrepreneurs. At 19, he built, then sold, a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist helping to raise $500,000 to $15 million. He now runs EvanCarmichael.com, a popular website for entrepreneurs. He speaks globally, but Toronto is his home. He loves being married his son, salsa dancing, DJing, League of Legends, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Join him on his journey by searching at Evan Carmichael on social media or visiting his website, evancarmichael.com. To learn more about this amazing guest, please check out my website at smallactbigimpact.com and search for episode number 30. Thanks so much for listening. I want to thank you for the wonderful reviews that you've left for this podcast on iTunes. Your reviews make a big difference in helping other educators find this show. If you think that I'm doing good work here and you'd like others to get inspired and join our 21 day kindness challenge and movement, I'd love it. If you would take a minute, head over to iTunes and leave a review. Thank you so much. So my name is Morgan Michael, and I am the founder of the Small Act Big Impact 21 Day Kindness Challenge. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show because of all of the amazing work that you've done, not only as an entrepreneur who's really, really courageous and brave and has had extreme sort of levels of perseverance to overcome some of the difficult adversities that you've come into and and experienced, but also because you're Canadian. And I think that as a fellow Canadian, it's always wonderful to be supporting one another and also to be able to see how fellow Canadians can rise to success because sometimes we have these limiting beliefs about that ability in our smaller economy in Canada. So I am so excited to speak to you. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's awesome being here. Thanks for the love. Yeah. So I know that you talk about the fact that you've dreamed of being an investment banker when you first started out. And this is what you pursued in post-secondary school and did very, very well. You were even asked by huge firms like McKinsey and Merrill Lynch to join their teams, but you declined because you felt pulled to pursue entrepreneurship, even though at the time you were only making a meager $300 per month doing it. So first of all, I want to ask you, did you enjoy school? Why or why not? And then did you feel like school prepared you to be the entrepreneur that you are today? What would you want to see schools doing to encourage students to pursue those entrepreneurial passions? Wow, there's a lot in there. Okay. Yeah. 
and you've done your homework and that's awesome. Did I enjoy school? I enjoyed school, uh, ish. I didn't hate school. It wasn't, you know, I was, I was a decent student. Um, I did not participate in any of the extracurricular activities really. Uh, I was, I started my own business while I was in my second year, I think. And I ended up using the school to help my business. So every, every marketing class, I used my company as the example, uh, instead of, instead of, you know, creating some fictitious business. So I tried to always try to incorporate my company into the curriculum as much as possible. I don't know that I really enjoyed it like this. I can't wait to go back to class. Hmm. At the time, I still was hedging. I didn't know if I wanted to be an entrepreneur or not. I struggled a lot uh, as an entrepreneur, which you know ended up now becoming my purpose of helping other entrepreneurs not face the same struggle. And I think a school is a great backup system if you don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't think you would learn that much in school to be a great entrepreneur quite frankly. Mm. Uh, but if you, I don't know that you also have the self-awareness to know if you want to be an entrepreneur. I think some people have it. It's like, I absolutely have to be an entrepreneur. I'm suffocating under this system. Great. Th then school may not be a fit for you. Uh, if you want to take a traditional path, then school is absolutely a must. And if you're just not sure, you're not a hundred percent sure, then, uh, then what I saw it was as a backup plan. Uh, if, if my business did not work out, I wanted to know just to try it, just to see, so I didn't have regrets of wishing I had started my business. But if it didn't work out, I still had a backup plan to fall into, and I'm going to make the best of the situation to help me, um, to help me grow. In in terms of what what I want to see in schools, uh, that's that's a that's a huge question. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think it comes down to what I'm currently doing. Like I see my YouTube channel. I guess for for the listeners who don't know, I have a YouTube channel that uh, profile successful entrepreneurs and what we can learn from their success. And I see my channel as an, as a supplemental slash alternative schooling system, um, teaching people about what you need to have to build confidence, to be successful, be an entrepreneur. And so I just love to see more success stories built into uh, the school system. I love that. And I think as a, I'm really an elementary educator. And so I think that that's such an important piece is that quite often educators aren't themselves entrepreneurs. So for us, the whole concept can be very difficult and we want to go sort of the more safe route and the tried and true method. And when we're raising really creative individuals who might actually have some really innovative ideas that it's so important to reach outside of our own understanding and knowledge and stories as educators to help bring that outside world into our classroom. So that's why I think your channel is so incredible because it first turned me on to your all of the work that you do when I was searching, I think it was Tony Robbins actually, and even I believe Michelle Obama. And I just, I just thought your, your top 10 videos were incredibly concise and really important and very, very inspirational. So I think being able to bring tools like that into the classroom just opens up the world. And I know that you say, and many people have said, you are kind of this combination of the five people with whom you surround yourself. And so if we're able to tap into that online community and the online present and, and, and wisdom that exists already, how much better off will we be? And, and I just, I think that's why you're work is so incredibly important is that you bring these people to our doorsteps, to our computers, to our homes. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's, it's great seeing a number of um, teachers actually use my content in their classrooms. And part of their lesson is watching one of the videos and then discussing it. 
Yeah. And sometimes they're even saying the same message as what's in the video. But if they see 50 Cent saying it or Oprah Winfrey saying it or Obama or whoever, then it sinks in a little deeper than just listen to their teacher. That's right. There's more credibility somehow. <laughs> right. Right. So from you're from a middle class background in Canada and your parents worked in government. So you've said that they sort of took more of a safe, a safe route, perhaps. So you didn't come with connections. You didn't have any business experience or, or mentorship built in. And you actually headed to a bank looking for some business advice and all they wanted to give you were loans. So what advice would you give your teenage or 20 year old self entering this entrepreneurship sort of field, specifically in social media, what advice would you even give an eager student or budding entrepreneur starting out? And the reason I ask that is as an educator. So from that sort of educator lens, how can we empower kids to look beyond their experience and to really seek that that possibility for their achievement and their success? And in your words, believe, right? Yeah, I think first off is recognizing that your age is a strength it's, it's both a weakness and a strength. Just people tend to focus on the weakness and not the strength where it's never been easier for young people to win. If you go back, however many decades you want to go back, young people were always seen as inexperienced. Uh, you have to go up the totem pole. Eventually, after X years with a company, you'll get promoted and then you have experience and wisdom to give back. Where now, you know, if a company's trying to figure out their Instagram strategy, they're not turning to the 65-year-old executives in the company to figure that out. Yeah. They're, they're to, to the young people. And so it's never been easier to win and gain authority and, and have influence. And so a lot of people say that I'm too young to start a business. I'm too young. I don't know enough. Um, and then surprisingly, a lot of people then later on in life say, well, I'm too old to start a business. Like it's never the <laughs> time to start a business. Right. Uh, it's never the right time to, to bet on yourself. So like the time is now. And so start by by recognizing that your youth is your advantage, that your energy, your enthusiasm, the things that you live, the way that you live is interesting and can provide value to people. Uh, so I think it all starts with that mindset, uh, believing in yourself that, that you can be great. I would then surround myself with role models of people who have done what you want to do especially if young if the youth is a limiting belief of yours then surround yourself with young people and it and it could be face to face people but it could also just be online people a lot of the people that we profile on my youtube channel uh, the, the young ones who've had success i would try to be around those people watch a video every day read books about them to again implant that belief that you can go off and do it and then it's just doing it, finding an idea, seeing what you're passionate about, asking yourself how you can bring value to other people, uh, consistently fitting that into your schedule so that every day you're doing work on your business. I think a lot of people want to go off and do something. I think today's youth are way more empowered than ever before. I think the number one job that people want, the number one career people want right now is a YouTube mm. career. They want to be a YouTuber, uh, which is great. And so I think everybody should try entrepreneurship. It may not be for you, but I think people lock themselves in on a career path too soon um, before getting enough experience and, and testing enough things to see what's actually right for you. And so uh, I think it all starts with the mindset, though. If you believe that you can bring value and you can win, then ultimately you will. I love that. And I think I want to dig into that mindset a little bit and developing that perseverance or that grit, because I think sometimes people have it in their heads that successful people 
were born that way or that somehow it was inherent in their like DNA or something. And so I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit more and maybe even if you're willing to talk about a a favorite or a parent failure that's enabled you to sort of view the world differently or to see others more empathetically and even really form who you are as this entrepreneur uh, in this field. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from the the, the adults. If we're talking from like a kid perspective uh, or youth, I think it comes from the adults that have that have taught us this. I think it comes from our parents. I think it comes even from a lot of the teachers, uh, people who may not be happy with with their lives right now or may have wanted to take a shot and and they didn't or they didn't and they failed and they end up blaming other people. They blame, you know, I'm not lucky. I didn't I didn't have the right resources. Nobody took a bet on me. Um, where if you actually look at the, the data, if you study the entrepreneurs who have made it, you look at even the, the Forbes list of the wealthiest people in the world and you take out the people who had inherited wealth, they're all entrepreneurs. And, and any hero of yours, I, this is what I encourage young people to do. Look at who your hero is, your entrepreneurial hero, whether it's Oprah or 50 Cent or whoever, and look at their story. Chances are they started with less than what you already have right now. Uh, I look at Oprah and I, you know, the tremendous success she's had right now, being the first woman billionaire, first African-American billionaire, uh, one of the most powerful people in the world. She started off not really knowing, well, not knowing her dad at all, uh, you know, being raised by her grandmother, Mm -hmm. uh, having no money, being sexually abused as a child. Uh, Her grandmother used to buy, couldn't afford clothes for Oprah, so she would get potato bags Uh, She'd buy big bags of potatoes and then take the potato bag and sew that into a dress. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine going to school in a potato bag as a dress? It's crazy. It is. And and she went from that to where she is now, where it's very, very, very rare that the children of people who've done great things go on to do great things themselves. It's very rare that the people who have everything lined up for them with education and financial resources and connections is very rare that those people – uh, end up doing amazing things because there's no struggle and mm-hmm. success comes from the struggle. So if you don't have a lot of resources, it sounds super counterintuitive, but if you don't have the resources and you have to face struggle growing up, it's actually an advantage. And that's something that if you are in a poor economic situation, you're probably not going to hear from your parents and, and the people around you. And so don't take my word for it. What I would do is try to surround myself again with the people and the resources uh, who who feed that belief system into you daily. If you're around, if you're watching Oprah clips and you're watching these entrepreneurs, whoever you look up to, everybody has the same story. They come from almost nothing, less than what you already have right now. And if you watch that every day, a clip, read a book, you surround yourself with that every day, your mindset will start to shift to that. These people could do it. I can too. And, and that's what saved my company. My first company, I was struggling. Uh, Bill Gates saved my company company had never met him but looking at how he started Microsoft and just applying those strategies to my business that's when I started seeing some real traction and growth uh, and so your struggles are your strength getting through them means you'll win and uh, the more you yeah, the more you can adopt that the more you're actually going to win within your own experience you've had moments where you've had to really dig deep and overcome sort of this alone feeling or even this hijacking by what you call the little man in your brain. And so um, how has that or how have some of your experience actually allowed you to 
see things with more clarity or even with more empathy for those around you because of your own your own experience of challenge or adversity and your own ability to sort of dig into more positive self-talk that has dug you out of some of those moments. Can you speak to that? Sure. So when I was in those moments, I didn't have the awareness that this would become a huge thing or that, you know, I would be a thought leader on this topic. I was just in my first business because of a personal situation happened a year before that I regretted. And I said, I never want to make a decision where, where I might regret it going forward. And it's very rarely the things that we do that we regret. It's usually the things that we don't do that we regret. And so I just decided why take that big job? Why, why go and become an entrepreneur? I didn't know if being an entrepreneur would work, but I just needed to know. I need to know if it would I need to know if it would work. I could deal with the failure. I could not deal with not knowing. And so I was just, that was the mantra. That was why I did that business. And it ended up struggling a lot and almost giving up. And I told my business partner that I quit. And that was one of the worst days of my life. Um, I didn't end up quitting. But I'm a big believer that your purpose comes from your pain. As much as I love entrepreneurship and I think entrepreneurs are going to solve all the world's major problems, uh, I think, I think at the core is that I struggled so much as an entrepreneur, not just financially, but from self-worth, self-value, no confidence, um, all of that, just being feeling like a worthless human being, that I want to make the path a little bit easier for other people who are trying to take that same road. I think that's just human nature. I think, I think at the end of the day, humans are good. I think people are good. When you've come through some insane battle, uh, and come out on the other side, you just naturally want to make that path a little bit easier for the people who are still fighting that battle. Um, somebody asked me on Instagram, if I haven't struggled at all, can I still go off and do great things? And that's a tough question because I honestly haven't seen anybody do great things without having struggled to do it. <laughs> yeah. So the struggle is good. The struggle is your friend. And maybe those people can go looking for it and take bigger risks. And, and really, if that's what they're looking for is to sort of develop that, that risk muscle is to then create those opportunities where you're challenging yourself to think outside of your comfort zone. And sometimes that can be in travel or many other ways that you can sort of expose yourself to some, some more difficult adversity that would push you to that, uh, to that place where perhaps you feel a little bit of fear. And that fear can be healthy sometimes to look that fear in the eye. So I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much. Um, I think we all really want to be seen and heard and understood. And this podcast really serves as, as, a, as a reminder and a roadmap for developing these skills at school and in the workplace and in our community. So what is the most memorable thing that someone has done for you, something that has significantly impacted your life? The one that comes immediately to mind is my mom. Uh, we, fellow Canadians here, uh, uh, 1988, there was an Olympics that Ben Johnson was our our, one of our heroes, I guess, uh, he was a 100-meter sprinter and old at the Olympics. And I was, and then it turned out that he uh, cheated. He was on steroids. And I was so sad. And I remember, I remember crying and being really upset. I'm, I was eight years old at the time. And uh, my mom, to try to kind of help me, ended up buying me a pack of baseball cards just to try to shift my attention. <laughs> The Blue Jays are a Canadian Toronto team, my local team. They weren't very good at that time. They're okay. Uh, but it just sparked this. It was my first entrepreneurial venture, really, where I, I 
slowly became obsessed with baseball cards and I started negotiating uh, with 40 or 50 year olds over five cents and 10 cents for the price of a card. I drove every weekend with my parents to these trade card uh, trading shows to buy and sell cards. And that was my first real venture. I, I don't think my mom really knew or planned out that uh, that buying that one pack of cards would lead to this creation. But um, I don't know. You asked that question. That's the first thing that came to mind. I love it. I think that's so great. What's something that you've done for someone else that has perhaps helped someone? And I mean, you do this every day, but that has really made a memorable impact on you because we know sort of the benefits of helping others and how it can actually have an impact on us. Can you speak to that? Yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example because there's been so many. Um, We just did a workshop here in Toronto about training thought leaders on how to make money from their ideas. And a lot of people came away from that experience uh, changed. Yeah. Even just uh, being able to share their their personal stories and not being judged for it. Mm. Uh, I think to be a thought leader, you have to you have to dig into your own story and you have to share it. Mm. And that that requires vulnerability to say, here's here's why I struggled and failed and even insecurities that I still have right now to be able to willing to share that is uh, really tough for people. But it's required if you want to be a thought leader. And so at the event, people were sharing their stories and uh, telling us stuff that they hadn't told their wives wow. of, of 30 years <laughs> uh, and telling us in, in, you know, we just met them, uh, you know, like a day ago. Wow. And so for a lot of people, that was a huge release. It's like I've been holding this in for 30 years and I finally let it out. Uh, so that, that was, that was a huge recent thing that happened. But, um, I, I'm I'm a big believer like to stay motivated. You have to think about the big why and the little why. Mm-hmm. The big why is like why you're, what are you trying to do? I, I'm trying to solve the world's biggest problem. Untap human potential. It's a big why. It's motivating. It's, it's what I get up to do every day. Mm. Sometimes the big why is too big or it's too daunting or you think, well, who am I to do this crazy impossible mission? Right. Uh, so then that's where the little why's really come in. And the little why's for me are the the thinking about the people who you've helped. Like you may not think you can change the world, but you help that one person and you help that second person. And so for me, I look at my YouTube comments, I look at the emails that I get coming in and every day there's people who say great things. And I think having both is important. I think remembering the why of what you're doing and then on the days when you feel like nobody's paying attention or you're not making that progress, just looking at the the three people that you may have helped and knowing that like you made a difference to those people uh, can sometimes be the difference to continuing or not. Um, and then usually what I'll do in that kind of speech is, is challenge people to, if you have, if you've watched a YouTube video or you follow somebody on Instagram or there's somebody who you pay attention to who has, you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, if it's made, if it's made an impact on you and it's a smaller creator, just leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Say, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Right? For, for big channels, they, they don't always pay attention anymore and they get lots of love. But especially for the smaller ones, I remember when I first started my channel, I was getting no comments. You know, every every single comment that I got was was felt so good. Yeah, felt amazing, and they still do. But it's so different at the beginning when you don't get a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people who might be on the fence who might say, Ah, you know, I got a lot of value, but they don't leave a comment. I think if somebody has helped you in some way, 
just saying thank you, just letting them know that you had an, that they had an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't return the gift, you can't you can't do anything for them. But just saying thank you um, and your work is important to me is a tremendous gift that you can give people and takes, you know, eight and a half seconds of your time to do it. I agree. And I think that's such a neat, a neat thing to remember because a lot of people, again, really have this image that when you're a YouTuber or when you create content like blogging or even have a website that somehow you've already made it. And I think you're right that those little comments can mean so much to to keep the fuel going. I mean, you don't want it to be your only reason, but it certainly helps fuel the fire on those days when it can be difficult to keep going or when, you know, you come against those roadblocks as we do. And just knowing that what you're doing is matters and that it has an impact on people is, is incredibly motivating. Yeah. I know, I know the topic too is about acts of kindness. Yes. Uh, And that's an easy one to do. Yes. Right. Just think about any any YouTube channel or Instagram channel or Twitter account that you follow that has, you know, less than 10,000 followers or fans and just make it a point to leave a comment or send a message, send a DM. Yeah, tweet that's them out. So good. That's such a great one. I've never used that, actually. And I think that's such a that's such an easy one for kids to do and really makes sense because they can tap into whatever interest they have, whatever page or or uh, account that they follow. So I think that's that's a really good one, and I'll, I'll definitely be incorporating that in the future. I want to talk a little bit about how teachers or schools can incorporate your one-word philosophy into their practice. How can students get clarity from one word? Yeah, so the one word is your most important core value, and when you understand what you value most, then you can design a life and build a business for the entrepreneurs around it. So mine is about believe and so the people that I attract, the content I create, so like every every video that I make has believe in it. Even every interview I do has believe in it. Mm. Um, I'm not posting content around the 10 stupidest things Donald <laughs> Trump has said, uh, even though that might end up giving me more views or make more money. Sure. It's just not what I stand for, so I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think self-awareness is probably the single biggest piece that is missing from our education. Mm-hmm. I, think, um, I think we end up... I think most people know that they are capable of greater things. They just don't know what it looks like. Yes. Uh, it doesn't mean that their life sucks. It doesn't mean like they're in the they're in the dumps and everything is terrible and falling apart. For some people, that's where they are too. But I think most people have an okay life. Um, but they know that there's a the next degree. There's a there's a greater. They have greater capabilities. And so I think the key to unlocking that is self awareness. And it starts with your values. Values first. So mine is believe. Figure out what you stand for. And then it goes down into, you know, passions, talents, skills, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether, you know, one word uh, becomes, you know, required reading <laughs> at school, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not even so concerned about promoting my book. Just any tool, any tool to get self awareness, I think is in. It's super critical. I don't think most people. And I deal with adults. I deal with adults who now they figured out what their one word is. And, and then they go on this major life change, yes. right? But maybe they're 50 years old and now they've gone on this brand new path. It's always been who they are. But imagine if that person at 50 learned that lesson at nine. Right. Right, how much better their life would have been. That's right. So I think any tool in self-awareness is super helpful. Um, I, would, I would argue more helpful than learning uh, math or something else. Um, at least one day. Like, yes. let's 
spend one day on self-awareness and whatever tool tool helps. Yeah. And I think that's definitely my philosophy as well as sort of bringing about that self-awareness in such a way that it, it propels students forward, right. On some level within their life that it's actually applicable. So I, I appreciate you talking about that. Uh, before we jump into those rapid fire questions, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, Evan, thank you so much for being part of the Small Big Impact podcast. And I just want to give you an opportunity for any parting words that you or advice that you might want to speak to that you haven't really had a chance to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and this is for kids, right? Like high school. And for you teachers. Know. Yeah, it's mostly for educators, but... It's about kind of mobilizing youth to really stand in their own integrity and, and figure out who they are. Okay. It would, so if I'm, if I'm from the teacher perspective, I would say just recognize how much you matter. You know, you've got kids and their attention uh, in a way that most people don't. You spend more time with them than their parents probably will mm-hmm. during the week. Uh, and yes, they're distracted. And yes, they watch YouTube and Instagram and all sorts of other stuff. But you, you carry... Uh, an immense responsibility and not just in lessons that you are teaching through the material, but in how you act, in how you respond, in how you approach each class. And so I see my role is the same when I get on YouTube and I'm making videos. I, I really try to value the attention that, that the, the adults and the kids watching give me. And so just just going into your work, knowing that what you do today matters, I think is important. I think it's easy to get lost in the politics of school and the schedule and marking papers and all of the chaos that ends up happening uh, with all the hard work that you do. But if, if you had a mental reset just before going into each class to say, this day, what I'm teaching, how I act, how I'm around the kids, what I do really matters. I want to I want to be a role model for life for these kids and how I carry myself this semester and, and today specifically. I think if you took that approach every day, uh, you may not live up to it every day, but but you will end up having a massive impact on the kids in your class. That's great. Thank um, you. That's yeah, and then for the kids, I think just uh, believing in your dreams more, uh, following your curiosity more. You get an idea for something, find the smallest possible way to do it. Uh, reach out, get help. Uh, a lot of people love giving back and helping helping kids pursue their dreams. There's lots of 13, 14, 15 year olds who DM me on Instagram and come into my live chats and, and I love being able to give back and help. And so it's, it's possible, whatever you want to do, it's possible. And people are willing to help you if you just have a little bit of confidence and take the courage to reach out. I love that message. Could you define what kindness means to you? Um, kindness to me is caring about others more than yourself. What book or books have you gifted most often to people? Uh, besides my own. <laughs> you, can, you can say your own too. It's a great opportunity to talk about it if you want. Uh, what have I gift? I don't gift a lot of books. I, I send a lot of videos. Um, probably four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. What one skill or superpower does a teacher need to lead with in order to be effective? Empathy. Mm-hmm. What about a principal? Is it different or the same? Same. Mm-hmm. And final question, what message or quote would you print on one of those quote cups that are sold in big bookstores that would be read by millions of people? 
believe. Thank you so much, Evan Carmichael, for your time. It was a pleasure. I want to thank you for what you're doing, too. I love, I love your energy. I love the vibe. I love the purpose of what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I think it's super important and just want to encourage you to keep going, too. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thanks very much for taking the time to do this podcast with me. Thank you for the love. This has been another episode of Kind Sight 101, the podcast. For links to resources mentioned in this episode, visit smallactbigimpact.com and click on our podcast and choose this episode number. Now, I'd love to give my audience a heads up about my new book, which will provide ideas, actionable strategies, and inquiry-based approaches to creating a kinder classroom through serving the community. Subscribe to my blog, for more information. Now I would love to hear from you. What's the biggest insight that you gain from this conversation? Head over to our website, smallactbigimpact.com, leave a comment on our podcast page, or tag and connect with us on social media with the hashtag smallactbigimpact to share your inspiring story of kindness. Can't wait to hear from you.